Hey, you're listening to Parenting Differently, the podcast for cycle breakers. I'm your host, certified parent to coach, Jeanette Patillo. This is the podcast to give you everything you need to know to break the cycle, how to be more calm with your kids, how to teach them healthy emotional skills, positive discipline strategies, and anything you need. Let's get to it. Hey, I hope you've been having a fantastic week. I wanted to continue with what we have been talking about, the three foundational basics to successfully parent differently and break the cycle with your kids. Last week, we talked about emotional intelligence and how to work on that. So if you haven't checked out that episode, go back and give it a listen um, because I really believe that having emotional intelligence skills and actively working on strengthening your emotional intelligence is the most important aspect of parenting differently and breaking the cycle. Um, Developing our emotional intelligence while doing everything involved in parenting differently is very powerful in the long run and it really makes it incredibly easier on us as well. This week, we are talking about everything you need to know in order to be educated on the most effective parenting strategies in the foundation of gentle parenting. So, I don't know if you have done much research into parenting styles. There was a child development psychologist back in the 60s who established the three or four parenting styles. Um... But, so, before we get into that, I wanted to clarify what I mean about whenever I say the most effective way of parenting. This is my, uh, some of the things that I'm going to say are my opinion, but, however, it is supported by research, like, years and years of research. Like, I was saying, this psychologist from the 60s, um, but... Also, some of the things I suggest or recommend are based on my opinions and experiences. So there's, you know, a little disclaimer for you. But um, to make sure that we're all on the same page, I'm going to talk about those parenting styles that that child development psychologist uh, uh, established in the 60s. So there's authoritarian, which is most commonly referred to as the old school, traditional parenting. This holds really high, often unrealistic expectations um, for the children. It's emotionally distant or dismissive. And it's more of a, like, do what I say because I said so kind of vibe that encourages blind obedience. And it parents from a place based in fear, shame, and manipulates with rewards and bribes. If you weren't picking up on my whole vibe while I was saying all that, it is the total cringe way to parent, in my opinion. Like, that's that form of parenting is why most of us are cycle breakers, because we want to not allow our children to be impacted the way we were impacted by that type of parenting like I can't 
Like, I don't know. I just can't believe that I used to think that that was the most effective form of parenting. And it's, like, the way to do it. But for a lot of us, it this type of parenting is uncomfortably familiar. Because it was the way we were raised. Or it may have been the way that we started raising our children until we saw the impact that it was having. Um... To move on, there is permissive parenting, which I think is one that people most commonly associate gentle parenting with. Permissive parenting is low expectations for the child and also low expectations for the parental authority. Um, It avoids uncomfortable emotions like, yeah, I'll just buy you the toy because I don't want you to get upset here in the store. Like, no, doesn't do so much of directing their children to appropriate behavior or meeting deep needs. And here is the big thing that we are sometimes guilty of. Um, Inconsistent or non-existent boundaries. So, inconsistent boundaries is the most common way that gentle parents, people breaking the cycle and trying to parent differently fall into accidentally being permissive. But we're going to talk about that more later. So, and then the next thing is neglectful parenting. Um, I think it's pretty straightforward what that means. It means neglectful. (laughs) Um, It's absent, uninterested, no or very little quality time with the kids, prioritizing themselves, the parents, um, and their needs over the kids, um, kind of thing. Just being honest, I think we may all have some days where it kind of looks like neglectful parenting, but I just want to say that not, not, I mean, not saying that we're, like, neglecting our kids. It's just some days we kind of fall into the, you know, going through the motions and our attention and priorities fall on, like, everything else other than, you know, what our children need. And I'm not saying that to, like, get you to beat yourself up or even, like, trying to attack you. I'm just saying that we... We just get burnt out and have a day of not really being present, not really caring or really even enjoying the day. And, or it's like we become so overwhelmed with everything going on in our lives that we are absent and putting our drama over the kids and not really prioritizing any quality time. And, I mean, I do this. I think everyone does this a little bit. So, if you beat yourself up on days you have like that I'm just saying that to let you know that it's kind of normal it's not really the I mean it just happens okay I mean you're human even if you knew everything that and went through like coaching with me and coaching with like PhDs and child development psychology people that are like the experts on everything there is to make your life perfect, you know? Even if you were to do all that, 
and at the top of your game. It's like you're still going to have days where this just happens. And I think being aware of it and like being aware of when it does happen and acknowledging it, creating a plan for the next time um, is the best thing to do in this situation. And as long as it's not happening every week or something, I wouldn't beat yourself up about it. It happens. And if it is happening very regularly, I would encourage you to talk to a mental health provider or a coach, um, whatever you have available to you. Because not saying you're neglectful, but I'm just saying, you know, you don't want to be neglectful. So make sure you're taking care of yourself. And lastly, and finally, there is authoritative parenting, where we believe our tiny humans are capable of great things, but we're realistic about what is developmentally appropriate for our kids, and we are responsive and warm towards the kids, understanding and compassionate, but we still have clear, firm, consistent boundaries. Maybe not always consistent, but trying to be more consistent. Um, Understanding that all behavior is communication, which in a nutshell is gentle parenting, respectful parenting, mindful parenting, conscious parenting, you know, tomato, tomato. I think they're all pretty much the same thing. If one of those areas is your niche and you're like, no, mindful parenting is completely different than respectful parenting, then please let me know so I can correct myself. But in my opinion, it's all the same. So let's just look at the facts for a second. That child development um, specialists generally view authoritative parenting as the most successful approach. The one that is most likely to result in positive outcomes for both the children's lives and the parents' lives. In that um, child development psychologist that I was telling you about in the 1960s, um, her name is actually Diana. I don't know how to pronounce her last name. I think it's Baumrind? Baum... I don't know, B-A-U-M-R-I-N-D. Her research showed that children who were parented using authoritative parenting are self-confident about their abilities to learn new things, develop great social skills, have have good emotional control and regulation, and tend to just be happier. So, that is factual research evidence. I'm not saying... That if you are an authoritarian parent, then your kids aren't going to be happy at some point in their lives. I'm just telling you that this research says that authoritative parenting leads to these things. And this might be a little off-topic rant for a second, but I'm just going to go with it. So, research has been around for over 50 years. I am 25, okay? So, it's been around twice as long as me. So, this research has been around on the positive effects of authoritative parenting. 
So why do people still do those other things? Just like you may know all gentle parenting things and how it's so beneficial, you can still catch yourself falling falling off the wagon and doing things the old way you know or being permissive or whatever. Um, there's a few factors that probably play into this, but it has to do with your thoughts and beliefs, your emotional intelligence skills, your confidence, which are the things that we've been talking about. But my overall point is people don't parent from an authoritarian authoritarian way or permissive way or neglectful way because they're like, oh, I don't care about these negative effects that could happen to my children. Or, oh, I just don't want to be this way. Like some people, some trolls and Karens and whatever. I can't say Karen anymore. That's my son's babysitter's name. And she's a very nice lady. Um, anyways, trolls, um sometimes say on social media that they're like want to be that way but I doubt that's true but so we don't want these bad things to happen to our kids but people still fall into doing the things that are not always the best and most effective for our kids and we fall into permissiveness because of our discomfort with emotions we can get caught up being authoritarian like because of our discomfort with emotions we can parent very authoritarian way because of the beliefs we have about what makes a kid good the thoughts we have about our children and what our children's behavior says about us as people we can accidentally be permissive too if we get too caught up in our thoughts like this as well it all plays in so anyways Moving on, just wanted to put that out there for the world. On to the foundations of gentle parenting. To put it very simple, gentle parenting is being respectful and being a leader. That's it. However, as cycle breakers, we may have a bit of a warped view of what that really even means. My mamma thinks that respect is not speaking when a man is in the room unless you're spoken to because that's how she was conditioned into believing. Unless you are um, very misogynistic, I don't think that you would see that as being respectful. But she was also born out in the country in 1930s and she's one of 12 kids, not just uh, making excuses, just trying to give you some context of her life experience. My goal as a parent coach for people looking to parent differently and break the cycle is to teach you how to use your brain so it doesn't feed into that conditioning and your brain works and thinks in ways that actually supports you and your goals. It's working, it's something that I work on my, with my one-on-one -on -one clients on a more personal level but I do my best to teach it to my followers and, you know, the public audience that I have for free because I want your life to be transformed by parenting differently and breaking the cycle whether you hire me or not. Um, but just to make sure we're on the same page when it comes to respect, I'll break down what I mean. 
by respect. So healthy communication is numero uno. In parenting, it is a relationship between parent and child. No matter if they're an infant or 16, it is a relationship. And for any relationship to work, I'm sure you've heard that it needs to be rooted in healthy communication. For communicating with respect for our children, it pretty much just means to speak to your children with kindness, truly listen to them, and avoid negativity and criticism and value your child's voice. Firm, consistent boundaries is another key factor in gentle parenting. Like I mentioned before, it is the line that separates permissive parenting and authoritative parenting. A boundary is simply a rule or whatever you want to call it for your child. Some people don't like to say rules. Um, I just say boundaries and limits, but that's the only way I can think of to explain it to you. An example might be a boundary for our house is we eat at the table. You reinforce this boundary by telling your child we eat at the table and then modeling it and then creating an environment that allows it to happen. Like if that's the boundary, it's not fair if you have the laundry all over the table um, and it makes it hard to consistently hold that boundary. And then that just kind of allows confusion to happen in your child's brain on that boundary. And they don't understand why if they didn't have to eat at the table this day because you had clothes all over the table and they got to sit in there and watch TV while they eat, then why can't they do it whenever they want to? So the key is setting up an environment where it is able to be consistent. Just like if you, if we don't yell at each other and say hurtful things in our family is the boundary that you have, but you don't model it and you don't teach them better ways to handle their anger and frustration, other than yelling and being hurtful, you're not really holding the boundary here. You're just kind of being hypocritical and having unfair expectations. Sorry if that makes anybody triggered, but you might have needed to hear it. I think, honestly, I think I'm going to do a whole other podcast on boundaries later, so stay open for that. Positive discipline is another foundational building block for gentle parenting. Positive discipline is more focused on teaching the child what to do instead of just focusing on what they can't do. And it's more focused on teaching instead of just behavior modification. It also involves not using punishments or physical discipline like spanking. I just want to mention this here. I know that physical discipline, punishments, rewards, bribes, whatever, are all effective. They work. They are good strategies for getting your kid to do something. I am in no way arguing their effectiveness at short-term behavior modification or their effectiveness at making the parents' lives easier or more simple. What I am saying, though, is that positive discipline is effective at teaching the characteristics, values, and moral morals that 
traditional discipline attempts to teach through their behavior modification. But that's just it. How we behave doesn't always show how we are. Look at the perfectly behaved children that shoot up schools. Or look at how the kindest people can be very shady and screw you over. Not saying that if you use traditional discipline, your child is going to grow up and be a serial killer. Because there's very kind... There's very... There's people that act very respectful, but then are very rude and shallow internally. I'm just trying to get you to see the point that our behavior doesn't always reflect our internal values and morals. A lot of times, people that have been parented through authoritarian parenting put on an act for the general public and then their close family is the only person that sees how they really are and sometimes that can cause a lot of issues um but anyways in positive discipline we use natural and correlated consequences aka logical consequences um i heard this from rachel rogers on tiktok and i really liked it so i'm kind of borrowing that phrase because I used to always say logical consequences but she made this point that made a lot of sense. For cycle breakers sometimes it doesn't really seem like the most logical thing to do because of that conditioning that we've had subjected to us. Um, But yeah so I'll go on to explain what correlated consequences is but I'm just saying that's where I got the phrase from. Correlated logical consequences kind of the same thing, but correlated because I like that word better. Um, Natural consequences are naturally occurring things that happen with no intervention from you. So if your kid just throws all their toys into a bin instead of properly cleaning them up and then they can't find their favorite toy because everything is disorganized, that's a natural consequence. Obviously, this is for, like, older children. You can't expect a two-year-old to be able to organize the shelves perfectly like you had it before. But, um, anyways, for a correlated consequence, it is something you give your child that is respectful to them as a human, related to their behavior, and reasonable for their age. So, for an example, let's say your kid spills their drink on the table or the floor because they had it too close to the edge um instead of yelling at them taking away their tablet all those things are unrelated a correlated consequence for that would be having them clean it up completely related completely reasonable and completely respectful so for the next aspect of positive discipline is time in which Some people still say time out just because they don't like the way time in sounds to my family and friends that aren't really on the same page as parenting as me. I say time out, but then I explain how we do it. Um, It's basically a non-isolating, non-shameful time out where the parent, teacher, caregiver, whoever, uses the time to connect with the child so they can later teach them what to do instead and talk through it. So, for example, um, my son is still learning on taking turns 
um, with toys. And so sometimes his cousin will be playing with something and my son will come up and just yank it out of his hands instead of smacking his hand or sending him to his room by himself to figure out what he did wrong and what he's supposed to do instead. We take him out of that situation. Well, first we take the toy from him, give it back to my cousin or his cousin and um, say, sorry that he took this to you. We're going to go talk and he'll be back after we're done. And we go and talk to him. We take my son and he's usually so mad at this point like kicking screaming so we take him away and we use this time to connect with him let him know that he is safe and that he is okay to feel frustrated let him know that I know that you're mad that you couldn't play with that and you wanted to keep playing in there and I took you away I know so after we've done that validating connection just kind of being there until he subsides a little bit then we talk about what happened and talk about how he had it first we need we take turns maybe you can ask him if you can have a turn when he was done I could help you pick another toy to play with while you wait your turn things like that that's a time in where you take that time to have some one-on-one connection or that is a more effective version of time out if you don't want to say time in. Positive discipline is a very broad category with lots of little different techniques and strategies on what to do. Um, Everything is different with every kid but this is the foundation for it and I covered some of the more common positive discipline strategies. Um, But yeah that's all I have for the basics of effective parenting. I hope it was helpful and informative. Um, As always, if you like the podcast, then please leave a review and tell your friends, share it on social media and tag me. Um, I would love that. Um, And if you're interested in coaching, then please reach out. I have a link in my show notes, um, also in the bio of my Instagram, where you can schedule your first call with me for free. Well, thanks for listening. Talk to you guys next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. If you loved this podcast, then please share it with your friends and leave us a review. This is how the podcast becomes more visible to more people and it makes it easier for others to find us. This is how we help other people that are looking to break the cycle. If you're interested in one-on-one coaching with me, then there is a link in the show notes and there's also a link in the bio of my Instagram, my TikTok, and my Facebook page. The first session is always free and uh, talk to you soon. Bye.